You're listening to My Friend's Place on WGOTLP Gainesville. All night, all night, all night. 
like the water running down my skin slowly like the sun on my melanin holy
All right, that is a classic one uh, from Split Ends, I Got You, which I uh, rediscovered recently of all, in all places watching um, 120 Minutes, um, which you can find on MTV Classic, which I guess luckily I have through my YouTube TV package. But uh, most of the songs on uh, their new 120 Minutes are you've heard like a thousand times, but occasionally you get a couple like that Split Ends, I Got You, something I hadn't heard in a long time, kind of a... Uh, Reigniting my love for that song, but uh, before that, you had all new uh, 2023 music, I believe. And leading things off, it was Death Valley Girls' Fill the Colors. And then after that, a certain ratio, who've been around since the 80s, but are still releasing some great new music. Uh, that song title is Holy Smoke. Uh, then you heard Rye Hill, uh, Fables, featuring, you might have recognized some of those uh, backing vocals, and kind of the production to... Um, Anyway, that one features Beck, a pretty cool song. Uh, then you heard Rinse, Does It Feel Like Heaven? And then after that, you had Joby J with Bear. And there you go, you're all caught up to everything you've heard thus far on the warm-up mix of My Friend's Place. Before we get into uh, new music, let's do a show segment. And one of my favorite recent additions is Angry Man Shakes Fist at the Clouds in honor of the great Homer Simpsons meme just kind of a, um, I don't know, kind of an attitude sometimes it seems about people that are of a certain age. Uh, maybe that's an unfortunate stereotype, but uh, I think it hangs, or rings true, rather, hangs true. Doesn't make any sense. I think it rings true, uh, at least in some cases of people that I've met. But uh, anyway, let's do Angry Man Shakes a Fist at Clouds. Now, I had a really awful story uh, where I really wanted to shake my fist um, at the people involved, which... Uh, were the police, and I'll just give you a quick synopsis. I may come back around when more information is known about the case, but I'm going to give you the Cramela, uh, my friend's version here. Uh, basically, uh, a little girl purchased a goat for uh, 3A or 3H, whatever that uh, agricultural um, organization is that, that does stuff with kids. Um, but anyway, short story. Um, didn't want to slaughter the goat, which was part of the deal. Tried to buy the goat back, hid the goat, and then the police went and killed her goat. So uh, that's all I'm going to say about that one, because I really wanted to shake my angry fist at the police that I killed that little girl's goats. But I'm going to go in a swerve here. Instead of angrily shaking my fist, I'm going to happily shake my fist um, at a story that actually happened to me on Saturday. Yeah, I think it was Saturday. It was a weekend. Maybe it was Sunday. No, it was definitely Saturday. But uh, regardless, you know, it was beautiful weather like we often have here in Gainesville right around March, April. So I wanted to get out and take advantage of it on the weekend. So I'm going to do a little bike ride. I'm going to kind of do um, a figure eight loop up to uh, University Avenue, uh, Depot Park, come back around, and I will stop and get a sandwich at Hogan's Heroes, which isn't too far from my house, and then I will not have to leave the house the rest of the afternoon or the evening, because that will be my uh, lunch and dinner. So set out on my adventure again. Beautiful day, uh, probably listening to a podcast, because I'm not riding a bike without uh, earbuds in, but uh, that's probably something I shouldn't admit. It used to be illegal, too, I think. Um, hopefully it's not illegal, as I ride by cops all the time with my earbuds in but again that's that's kind of a tangent so I'm out riding um, going let's say south up 6th Street and if you're familiar with, with 6th Street around where I live you have a choice you are either riding in 6th Street in the road which is a 
pretty busy road, uh, four lane, uh, two on each side, or you're stuck on the sidewalk because there is no bike lane, or my bike lane rather, going up 6th Street uh, from my house up to university. So you have a very unfortunate choice, but again, that's another tangent and a whole other story about bike safety here in Gainesville. But I'm riding on the sidewalk because, frankly, um, out of the worst of two alternatives, riding close to a car or being more in the blind spot, which is what happens on sidewalks as cars pull up, I can actually watch the cars and I can stop fast enough that they won't hit me in the road. I can't really watch the cars coming up behind me, so I'm going to pick the sidewalk. Why do I tell you that? Because here's what happened. Going south up the sidewalk on uh, 6th Street and then all of a sudden I hear like honking. And that's never a good sign if you're a person on a bike because someone probably is mad about something that you did. And I can go down a list um, of reasons that people have honked at me that are pretty amazing. Not that I'm a perfect rider, I make mistakes, and sometimes I have deserved to be honked at. But let's say 90% of the time, not so. So if someone's honking at me, I know it's not for something good. So um, I'm on the sidewalk and I look over and there's like a white minivan it's trying to pull up right next to me so I'm like okay did I somehow cut this minivan off um, are they lost need someone to give them directions was kind of my other thought I'm like why are why is this van with this woman um, honking at me and they're trying to actually go the same speed I am so I do not ride very fast up 6th Street so we're talking like maybe 12 miles per hour uh, not much more than that and then I see her pull a bill out I'm like what what is going on here and I'm really really confused for a moment and then um, she starts screaming at me uh, you dropped this bill and I'm like oh the bill that I put in my shorts because I was gonna stop and get a sandwich from Hogan's Heroes and they don't accept anything but cash oh that bill has somehow fallen out of the pocket uh, of the shorts that I'm wearing and these, this woman for whatever reason she must have pulled over her minivan saw like the bill fall out pick it up got back in the minivan and then chased me down like a couple of blocks to give me back the bill that I dropped and I was just simply like blown away and amazed um, that anybody would have like you know the goodwill to do that and you know, here I am thinking like the worst, like, oh, they're mad at me for something. So um, I can't quite catch up with the van. Eventually they pull off, uh, make a right, kind of like right in front of me, get the money back from me. And it kind of reaffirmed my faith in humanity there. That the, It was two women, actually, uh, but I couldn't see the driver at the time. Uh, but these two women saw this bill fall out of my pocket, stopped, went, picked the bill up, and then chase me down to give it back to me so um, that is why I am happily shaking my fist at the clouds that uh, someone would do something that nice to a random stranger so normally I do focus like on a lot of dark and negative stories uh, when we talk about shaking a fist at the clouds but this week it's a happy one but um, hope you enjoyed that and I actually hope you enjoy this next song here on my friend's place you have a new one from Bad Optics called Raid
Yeah. 
All right, that is new music from Abra. It's called FKA Ness. One of my favorite new songs I heard this week. Definite, like, strong 80s. Um, World Rink vibes there, a little bit of Prince. Um, so good chance you'll be hearing that again next week here on My Friend's Place. Uh, what else did you just hear? Uh, leading things off, you had Bad Optics with Raid. Uh, then it's one you've heard before, uh, RBG with Squid. After that, you had Bully, Lose You, featuring uh, Soccer Mommy and True Behind the Scenes uh, production here at Radio. Um, didn't really plan on playing that song. I thought I had the new Bully song. Uh, I'm recording live, only to find out I do not have the new Bully song, so uh, you got got a repeat from a couple weeks ago. But then you did get brand new music from Clark with Dismissive. Uh, I played an earlier track off that new album um, that Tom York produced. I don't think he had anything to do with this song, though. Uh, then after that, a little bit of Electronica with Overmono, and that song title is Goodbyes. There you go. You caught up to everything you've heard this week here on My Friend's Place. So, let's do a little bit of TV and uh, movie reviews. And truthfully, I have not seen a new movie in quite some time, which isn't that unusual for this time of year. If you were listening earlier, I was talking about how great the weather is and trying to get out and do a bike ride and take advantage of that. So, don't really watch a ton of uh, TV and movies this time of year. But... There's always nighttime going to bed, and I've got a couple of new shows uh, for you to check out um, that I've been watching, uh, like I said, right before I go to bed. Uh, the first one I mentioned last year that was season one of Perry Mason. We're back with season two, and it's kind of more of the same, exactly why I uh, really like season one of Perry Mason. Now, I'm vaguely familiar with the TV show, The Black and White. Um, I've seen it a couple times. Uh, from what I've seen, it's nothing like the HBO version of Perry Mason as they've updated the character and the characters around him and um, you know it's I wouldn't say it's R-rated but definitely more of a PG-13 take and also another thing I think that's different about the HBO show than the old old black and white movie uh, or black and white TV show with Raymond Burr it's the fact that almost none of the action in Perry Mason takes place in a courtroom it is more or less like a traditional uh, detective show. So those are two major differences between the series. Also, I'm going to throw this word out. That's a, like a hot button issue. Um, but the new version of Perry Mason is definitely woke. Now, pretty much everyone listening to this uh, podcast or radio show on WGOT probably hears the word woke and mostly has good connotations of it now. There are some bad things that go with woke, but most of it's good. It's being aware of differences and um, society and, you know, the way things have changed. All, all that's good wokeness. But um, it's much more woke in this fact. You have um, a black character whose name is Drake, and a lot of the series deals with, like, the prejudice and the things that were happening in 1930s Los Angeles and throughout America, basically, if you were a black during that time period. The other side character is a woman who also turns out to be a lesbian, so they're also dealing with a lot of what those issues were like in the 1930s. And even though we're talking about liberal California, and it definitely is way liberal, or way more liberal than the rest of the United States, uh, probably even back in 1930 to a certain extent, um, no one was very liberal in 1930 concerning like social causes like race and... Um, like women's issues and uh, sexuality. So 
you've got those things going on. So those are two of the main storylines. Um, basically, her love interest and him dealing with like racism and prejudice in 1930s L.A. And then you have Perry Mason. And his big storyline is he fought in um, World War One and has come back with some pretty serious uh, PTSD. So you've got all that going on, um, which is a definite update from the Raymond Burr series. And it just, each season basically has kind of a, a mystery that they're trying to solve, a big mystery. Um, I love pretty much everything about the series. The lead actor, Matthew Reese, great actor. If you've seen The Americans, uh, he was the lead in that. He's really awesome. I mean, the sets and, like, the style and the music and the 40s, like, fashions and, and everything else makes it a really cool, really cool show to watch in interestingly enough I really wasn't into like period pieces like Barry Mason really is until a couple of years ago and now I guess that's part of getting old I'm really into them so uh, season two right now is on HBO and it's only four episodes in uh, so if you're looking for a uh, classic detective series then uh, give Perry Mason a chance especially if you already subscribe to HBO my other new show um, almost couldn't be more opposite Perry Mason other than the fact that they're probably only set 30 years apart and that is the brand new series on uh, Netflix uh, Agent Elvis and Agent Elvis basically what it is is uh, kind of a sci-fi action comedy uh, reimagining Elvis if he were a true like underground or undercover agent um, very, very similar, if you've ever seen the Adult Swim show, uh, Venture Brothers, as it's just basically this crew with Elvis going around on all these different adventures. Um, if you're a little bit older, then it's basically Johnny Quest, except with Elvis and these adults going around. And it is set, I believe, pretty much all throughout the 60s, so you get really great, um, cameos in the show, like Howard Hughes. Uh, also Charles Manson, so pretty much anyone that was active in the 60s and early 70s could be animated into the series. One of the best things I like, the voice actors, because like I said, it's an animated show, it is Matthew McConaughey. And in no way is he trying to do an Elvis impression, which is perfect because it's just Matthew McConaughey playing Matthew McConaughey, which in this animated show works perfect as Elvis. Um, you've also got... Um, Caitlin Olsen uh, from my favorite shows It's Always Sunny I'll talk about that show a little bit in the next segment uh, but she plays a sidekick in like all the voice acting the, the cameos and the guest actors that come in they all do a really amazing um, a job it's from the creator Archer so if you have seen Archer you've kind of got an idea of what kind of undercover spy series we're getting the animation is pop-notch fantastic looks a little bit like the Archer animation another thing that really helped to show out a lot is um, Priscilla Presley is actually in the show and she's also one of the producers um, so I think what that did is that enabled them to get all of the Elvis music cleared and there's a heavy dose of that throughout the show so it is El Agent Elvis on Netflix is a really wild animated um, series very much like the Adult Swim type stuff, and um, also like Archer, the FX show. Uh, what else can I say? Like, again, the animation was surprisingly good. 
Uh, one of the sidekicks is this unhinged monkey, and that's not a euphemism or a racial slur or anything like that. It's just a monkey uh, that is uh, got drug issues. We'll put it that way. So, very creative, really interesting show. Uh, music's great because most of it's Elvis music, and uh, the writing and the voice acting is top notch. And you'll find that on Netflix. And speaking of things that are great, here's Depeche Mode with nothing.
minute where I had it, yeah Just as the lorry turned and left me, yeah Under the access code and the face ID I'm sick of looking at the windmill gear A bag of flour and a neck scarf here Under the access codes of the new ID Everybody wants a piece of so trendy You know they don't chase you They always chase me Cause everybody wants a piece of so trendy You know they don't chase you They always chase me Cause everybody wants a piece of so trendy
Jesus. That is Collapsing Scenery, the right to life, and you're listening to my friend's place on WGUTLP Gainesville. Before that, you had a classic one from Depeche Mode with nothing. And then after that, you heard a Skinny Palembe, Don't Be Another, and then it was Sleaford Mods featuring Perry Farrell, So Trendy. After that, it was Public Interest with Residue, and then you had um, Holiday Ghost with Favorite Freak, and there you go. Completely totally 100% called up to everything musically you've heard this week on my friend's place before we get into uh, more music let's do a segment on uh, my friend's place that we call smugglers news where we talk about uh, interesting world events involving smuggling drugs this week we have someone smuggling drugs into a marathon so why exactly would you want to um, smuggle drugs into a marathon? So what would be your performance enhancing drug, I assume? Um, some kind of speed, 
I don't know, some kind of like blood doping agent. Uh, well, no, none of the above, because according to the USA Today, okay, very honorable news site, uh, we had someone smuggling LSD into a marathon, and here is that headline, Diplo. All right, raise your hand if you know Diplo. Oh, no, keep your hand on the wheel if you're driving. If you're listening to the podcast, raise your hand if you know Diplo. Um, you probably do if you listen to my friend's place, although I don't generally play um, any of his tracks or remixes, but well-known music producer, well-known DJ, remixer, actor, um, uh, producer, however you want to describe him, that Diplo. According to uh, USC Today, uh, Diplo says he ran a marathon while on LSD, which is a very interesting uh, choice for a marathon performance-enhancing drug. Um, so, again, it take all of this with a grain of salt, but according to Diplo, he finished the uh, LA, th- LA Marathon in a record time for him at 3 hours and 35 minutes. What was the secret formula? Well, it was a water bottle with five drops of LSD added. Is it all a prank? Again, I don't know. Time will tell. It's a fun story nevertheless. Um, So according to, again, Diplo, who's the source of it, uh, drank the water bottle throughout the uh, race through Los Angeles, finishing his, his personal record time of 335, and the one goal he wanted to accomplish was beat the personal time of Oprah Winfrey, who finished, I think, like in 420 or something like that. But uh, that was Diplo's motivation heading into the race. And um, there you go. People smuggling LSD to complete a marathon, which makes uh, that's hard to fathom. Um, if you know like anyone who may have done like a full dose of LSD, um, okay, that, that's, that's interesting. Regardless, that kind of took me down a rabbit hole of other times people have used um, LSD or psychedelics as a performance-enhancing drug. Turns out, not that many uh, after Diplo, but of course, we're talking about sports, so there's some other interesting uh, substance stories that we're going to go over here in about a minute. But first, let's talk about the biggest, uh, most well-known story of someone under the influence of psychedelics. And that would be, uh, in 1970, this picture, Doc Ellis, um, for which there's been like a documentary and like, specials and all these things talked about this. But in 1970, uh, picture Doc Ellis went to the mound for the Pittsburgh Pirates, who later, like at the end of the 70s, would be uh, in a lot of trouble for as being like the worst major league uh, dugout or clubhouse for any kind of drug. But that's still 10 years later after this story. So Doc Ellis, he has to take the mound for the Pittsburgh Pirates and uh, was not expecting to play. So wound up earlier that day taking a hit of LSD. And this is a quote from Doc Ellis, why not enjoy a ball game while on a little LSD? which, I don't know, I don't know if I can actually argue with that sentiment, but uh, anyway, professional pitcher Doc Ellis goes to the mound, high on LSD, winds up throwing a new hitter, 
may have had a little bit of help from something else because besides LSD that day, Doc Ellis was also on uh, amphetamines, which are a real performance-enhancing uh, drug, at least compared to LSD, from what I've heard allegedly. Um, but that is a, a really interesting story. Books, documentaries, and things are written about it if you want to do uh, a deeper dive, because uh, Doc Ellis, it turns out, is a really interesting character, because, like any good scientist, if something works once, you want to work it again twice, well, Doc Ellis, he took LSD again, not long after uh, he pitched that no-hitter, uh, and those results did not go very well, so I think um, he, on the record he officially did it twice, uh, once the no-hitter, and once uh, kind of lost uh, his concentration, I suppose. Besides that, other interesting um, stories where you have athletes uh, using performance-enhancing drugs, like during a competition. This one is uh, interesting, and uh, according to multiple sources, uh, Major League Pitcher, and like I said, Major League Baseball has a really interesting history with a lot of this stuff, but uh, Dennis Boyd once pitched a game while hiding crack in his hat. Alright, let's do a little deeper dive into this. Dennis Boyd, um, in 1986, uh, was really well known for someone that was using drugs every day. And he definitely was not the only player in 1986 that had issues at all. But there was an incident in 1986 that highlighted, um, let's say, his issues. So for whatever reason, um, Dennis Boyd, he's going out to the mound uh, to pitch as a starter. And he decides he's going to hide his crack cocaine in his hat what he's going to do with the cocaine or the crack during the game with all the cameras on I don't know um, probably he was paranoid that someone was going to steal it or the police were going to come and find it so why not keep it in your hat during a major league baseball game well turns out the obvious reason is that throughout the game his hat would come off and so when his hat came off, the crack was spilling all over the, the place, <laughs> and, which was caught on camera. And I, I guess things kind of had a happy ending because um, he wound up wasn't, according to um, Dennis Boyd anyway, he didn't get suspended, uh, basically because he was honest about his drug addiction and went to treatment. So uh, uh, that was another interesting one. And then the final... Uh, under the influence athletic feat we'll talk about is Fred Thurston who um, turns out got a great nickname Fred Fuzzy Thurston he uh, was not shy about drinking and played in the 1960s era of NFL football where Green Bay was by far the best team and in the championship every year and he was in like besides that the most iconic um, game in that history the 1967 Ice Bowl where the field was frozen, and there's been, again, multiple, like, documentaries and books and things written about it. Uh, so it's so cold, no one can move, there's ice everywhere, so how does he stay warm? Turns out, Fred Thurston had a really good plan. He uh, drank about 10 vodkas uh, before the start of the game to keep him, like, perfectly in tune uh, for this ultra-cold NFL football uh, game in. 
near the end of the 60s anyway. And there you go. That is some awesome under the influence um, performance enhanced smuggling drugs type stories you're ever going to hear. Let's get into new music. Next up, one you've heard at least uh, two or three shows here on my friend's place. It's going to be in one of my top 20 songs of the year. Django Django. Um, don't touch that here on my friend's place. Yeah, I'm 
Alright, you just heard music from uh, Jacques Green, believe. And I'm right up against the uh, top of the hour, which means you have another great show uh, from WGOT coming up. Whether you uh, like uh, some great rock and alternative with Red Pony Music Hour, or you like uh, kind of the same type of things I play here in my friend's place with Departure. But regardless, give those shows a uh, check out. If you uh, haven't listened to them on WGOT, whether you are local or listening um, to the WGOT.org, uh, ways to link to the station. But anyway, um, leading off that short set, you had Django Django with um, doing her uh, losing touch, in, I think. Yeah, losing touch. Then after that, it was uh, La Couleur with Sentiments Nouveau. Then it was Hollow Maud with Catch the Wave. And uh, there you go. Um, that's everything you heard this week. Quick reminder, I'm online. You can find me at Cramla, but more importantly, find WGOT online, uh, whether it's WGOT.org, like I mentioned, where you can find information on how to stream uh, the show or submit a show proposal. Also, speaking of online, the other way to get in touch with us uh, pretty easily is through the Facebook page, which WGOT has, and then finally, we're on Patreon. If you want to help us out financially, go to patreon.com backslash WGOT, and uh, you can find information on how to do that. Anyway, I am speeding out of here. going to leave you a little disco this week. You've heard this before on my friend's place. It's uh, Jake Shears from uh, Scissor Sisters uh, with a solo album coming out, and this is called Devil Came Down. What a better way to end my friend's place than with some disco. Bye. (laughs) 